Hey, 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 guys. It is Allison at Allison Answers. I just want to say, hey, how are you all doing out there with this crazy stuff? Okay. So as you guys, the ones who have listened to me before, you guys know that I usually have Ryan here. And Ryan is usually the one who kind of keeps me on track. He's the guy that um, is in charge of some of the technology. And he's also just, you know, he's kind of funny in a subtle way. And what ends up happening is, is that because of this social distancing, is that I have been in my um, kind of podcast area by myself. So I've been doing a lot of funny different things. I've been calling people and I, I actually just wing it. I get on my uh, podcast uh, machine here, my roadcaster, and I just decide that I'm going to try to add value. I'm trying to give to you guys whatever it is that I can possibly give today in this moment that's going to make a difference to somebody out there, that somebody out there is going to get a little encouragement. Somebody out there is going to get a little boost, a little kind of sense that, you know what, I'm not alone. So that's really the goal here. You know, I, I also have a few missions in my life, you know, that I believe in. And I believe that 100% that our society is automated and the way it's automated is through one person at a time, that each of us is automated in the way that our bodies store information and the way that we process the information through thoughts and feelings and the way that that information is then used to um, believe about certain things. And then the next thing that happens, it's affects and impacts the choices we make, which then in turn creates um, these actions that we behave in, which in turn create results. And I talk a lot about that in our um, previous podcasts about how we create these blueprints or these maps that we follow throughout our lives. And we follow maps that take us places we never wanted to be and then we blame it on external things or on society or on our family or on friends or on, you know, our lot in life. And I have such a fiery mission that is just burns in me. And this is the time I got to do a little something here. It burns in me because I cannot sit on this without telling people that they don't have to live this way. That. If we just wake up, and this is my big thing, I want to tell the world, wake up. For God's sakes, we each have to individually wake up and look internally and see the thoughts, the feelings, and the inner belief systems that are running our every move. I actually this morning had to make a decision because I started out of nowhere feeling like this stress and anxiety. And I'm like, what is this feeling? I was actually in the shower, and there was nothing that changed. But there was a couple of small little things that happened with my staff that they had little issues that had to be resolved. They were really nothing. But I started noticing that I was feeling anxiety. So I made a decision. I said, what is it? See, the, the easy surface answer is, hey, you know what? I feel stressed. Oh, I have such a busy job. And you know what the funny thing is? I do. I do have a busy life. I do have a very demanding position uh, running to counseling centers and, you know, having staff. But you want to know the truth is it's as demanding as I make it. So my decision at that moment was to stop and to ask myself the question, 
No, 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 no. Allison, what is really kicking up this thing? The short answer and the limited answer is, oh, I'm just stressed. You know what? That's a bunch of bull malarkey. The truth is, is that what exactly was I stressed about? I felt that I didn't have enough time to do the things I needed to do, which was an inaccurate belief, which stemmed from a belief system that stored deep inside of me is that there's never enough time. So what I'm just going to tell you is that we have to identify what our inner limiting beliefs are in order to move forward in our life and be able to then ask the question of the limiting belief. So my limiting belief is, oh, there's never enough time. Now, my question is, Allison, is that actually true? The truth is, is that there is enough time. And when I start to tell myself, I have all the time I need to do everything I need to do and everything I want to do in this God-given day. So now, what I want to tell you is that's just a thought I'm throwing out there. I have that as a mission, that I want people to recognize their limitations in thinking, feeling, and acting. And then in response to that, to be able to, at that moment to look inward instead of blaming outward or ignoring it. So now I have a kind of funny thing. The last podcast I did was um, I invited Kelly, um, this girl just randomly, I, I texted her, asked her if she would be on. And I'm kind of, I've decided to do that with my topic since Ryan isn't here. And I was thinking, who am I going to do this with? So now you guys got to bear with me. We may even be cutting this out, but <clears throat> I'm going to right now try and call somebody that I wanted to call because they haven't actually called me and I haven't talked to them in a while and you're going to laugh at me because it's my son. Now, my son has no idea that I'm going to call him. I actually think this is super funny and he may not even answer. So then this will all be cut out or maybe we'll just get a laugh and say, oh, here's a mom who's, you know, can't get in touch with her grown son. So I'm going to do this as a kind of funny thing. So what do you think is going to happen, guys? You think it's going to be this? <laughs> you think I'm going to like be like, hey, Luke, um, hello, are you there? Do you love me anymore? What's going on? Where's my boy? Or do you think it's going to be, oh my God, he answered. I can't believe it. So now we're going to do it together, you and I, okay? Right now, I'm going to call him. Bear with me, my friends. We have to make this fun because there's no other people here. And I know people don't like podcasts where there's just like one person talking. And I can be really super brainiac, weird, nerdy. And like, you'll be like, oh my God, she's going to talk about the brain again. Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> Enough, Allison, with the brain. Tell me about real life. So I'm calling up my son and this is real life. Let's see what happens. Let's see if he answers. First of all, here we go. Let's see this. This could be a this could be a small miracle, or is it going to be? Oh dear Jesus! Here we go. Wait, Luke, it's That's, it's me. It's mom. Yeah. Do you hear that? Can you hear um, that sound? Are you listening to some strange music? What what's going on? Hi, hon. I cannot Hi. believe you answered. What are you doing? Um, I was. Uh, what are you What I, are you up to? Well, no, don't don't do that. I answer the phone. Okay. Well, when do you answer the phone? Okay, you haven't answered the phone. Well. Actually, you don't answer texts. Maybe that's not true. You might answer the phone, but <laughs> it might I be that have, I don't I even have, call no, you. No, it's I have weak thumbs, right? It's just too much burden on the texting. Wait, so you have weak thumbs? That doesn't even make sense. But wait a second. Thumbs. I have to tell you something before you keep talking yeah. because you may expose me and embarrass me. Okay, so listen. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Uh, put on your seatbelt. Are you in a private area? Where are you? I am in a private area. You're not I'm, in a, 
Okay. All right. Good. Because um, right now you are on. <laughs> are you ready? Tell me if you I'm get. Ready. You are. Get ready. You, mm-hmm. my friend. You, my friend, are on your mommy's podcast. What do you think of that? Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, sir. What do you think of that? Complete with sound effects, a theme <laughs> you're, really, you're really going for it. Lately. I am, baby. I, I am. I, I, hey, I listen. Listen, yeah. I got to tell you. So okay. I'm in charge of this call. Maybe not other calls, but this chart, this call I'm in charge of. Okay. Okay. So, got you. Let, let me know. <laughs> uh, so before I called you, I was telling, uh-huh. I was telling the audience that uh-huh. I have to keep this real because Ryan's usually here. Luke happens to know Ryan, by the way, guys. So like Ryan's mm-hmm. usually here. And what happens is, is that he kind of tempers me. He keeps me on track and he keeps it from getting boring because I can get really nerdy and brainiac and just starts talking about like a whole thing. So what I was talking about prior to uh, calling you, deciding to call you was the idea that in general, one of my largest missions is, is I want to get across to um, the world that we are all automated And that basically what ends up happening is that a lot of us are reacting to thoughts, feelings, limiting beliefs that are inside of us that, and I'm sure you've heard me say this a million times, but basically these thoughts, feelings, um, which lead to choices, which then lead to actions and then results are all based on these limiting beliefs that are stored in us that are fueled by our blueprints or the maps mm-hmm. or the neurological network. I'm not going to get into the whole brainy thing because just so you guys know, Luke is like uh, in a clinical doctoral program for like um, brain brainiacs. So it, for psychology. So basically we cannot discuss brains with Luke right now because you know what? We will be like this. Oh my God. Is this kid ever going to stop ever? Well, I, I appreciate you avoiding topics. I will nerd out about because <laughs> Um, so listen to what limited listen my my you're you're the most limited filter i have ever seen and you're being so polite right now it's actually funny so i am being very polite i'm on a podcast i was just informed that i'm on like national television or something (laughs) you know i'm going to keep it together for the interview right but at the same time you know genetics right exactly so listen this is what we're going to talk we're going to talk about first of all what it's like for you first of all luke is do you mind saying how old you are Tell them how old you are. I am, if I knew, I would say, um, I'm doing the math. I'm, I'm 24. <laughs> you didn't know how old you are. Oh, gosh, Jesus, it, we're in know, trouble. It takes a second sometimes. I have a December birthday, right? So mm-hmm. it's harder to count back the years, you know, because you need to do that, like, sort of add one thing, depending upon what month it is. Anyway, oh, Luke, I'm you're seriously off. just not even saying that. Okay, so listen. Now, this is the bottom line. So. I was I did this other podcast yesterday with this girl. She's like in her 20s and I just randomly called her by the way. And what happened was she I was talking to her about like her family and any kind like how she was coping coming back home and having to deal with any of the stuff that's being revealed during this whole um situation our world is in and how she's dealing with her own fear or how she's dealing with being um enclosed in environments with family members that have really some dysfunctional stuff. So I just, I mean, I just want to ask you questions about like what it's like for you, because 
you guys may not know, but Luke does not live with me. Luke is a grown man now. He lives um, in the epicenter of basically the coronavirus, which is um, New York. And so do I. And But he it lives in um, Queens. So And he has his own apartment. So what happens is, is that Luke is shut away, right? So from me. So Luke... Tell me what's coming up for you with this um, whole thing going out there. I want to hear it from a perspective of people in their young adults. Yeah, sure. Um, so I, I think that one of the things that's happening is that a lot of people are really like differentially affected by this. Like things can be different depending upon people's situation and sort of like the resources that they have access to and also like what their job looks like. Sure. Um, so a lot of the things that people are struggling with nowadays don't really apply to me in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, largely because I'm in school and um, I do school remotely. Yeah. And um, that has basically meant that, that the main change for me, um, although, you know, I recognize that like a lot of people have maybe more like serious concerns with this in terms of like financial and practical and like whether or not, you know, the rents or the mortgage is going to make it through and, and whether or not, you know, filing for unemployment and all these other things, that stuff doesn't really apply to me in the same way, but I can definitely relate to this feeling of, um, sort of a break, right? Yeah. But that's, that's sort of how it's presented itself, um, to me. And the the routine being altered a little bit and i think like especially like for just this is just for me personally um not sure if other people can relate to this i'm just going to talk to you forget the other people yeah forget Um, about the other people tell me yeah Mm -hmm. so i'm just you know what honestly my mom called me i'm going to talk to my mom yeah go ahead good um so (laughs) like so mom (laughs) mommy what um what's on my mind is this idea um for me that i feel like i need to be useful right i feel like i need to um, not be so civilian during this time period, you know, and I guess that can look like really different, but for me, what that looks like is finding like ways to like make meaning to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, Do you I feel like you want to be creating, like you want to yeah. be creating something and not just sitting and waiting for this thing to end. Yeah. Right. Is it well, that kind I of mean, an idea. Well, that's part of it, right? There's mm-hmm. like not wanting to wait it out. And um, there's there's also this this piece of not wanting to be sort of like a passive recipient of circumstance, you know? Oh, like, yeah. This is what the, yeah, like this is what the world has given me um, for this period of time. And now that is my life, you know? Uh, I guess like oh for me, God, it comes I love what you're saying. Like, I'm so glad I called you. Well, there's, well, I'm so glad you called me too. Um, even if it's just to talk, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, publicized or unpublicized, <laughs> um, yeah. but uh-huh. the, um, yeah, no, because can I, can I interrupt like, you? Like I always, always. do, like we're going to do it always. just like at home. So basically, <laughs> so basically I'm going to interrupt you. So look, this is what I'm thinking about what you're saying. Tell me if <laughs> it makes sense. So basically a lot of what I talk about on this podcast or just wherever anybody will listen to me is that the things that are happening around us, not just during the coronavirus, are happening for us and not to us. And I think that I have raised you that way to think in those terms that 
you are not a passive recipient of whatever comes your way. And that whatever comes your way, you want to utilize and learn from, grow from. How are we going to be more resilient? What's going to happen different in my individual, inside of myself internally? Because this is what I'm trying to, this is like my mission for human beings. And then, so what am I going to use? How am I going to utilize my external environment to grow internally as a human being and to be the best possible me that I can ever possibly be? Then in terms of corporately, in my family, how is our family going to become more resilient and, and be able to relate better in, because, in spite of the, well, because of the circumstances? Thank you, circumstances, for teaching me how to do this. Thank you mm-hmm. for teaching me how to, to accept that I'm wrong. Thank you for teaching me how to use Zoom you know, whatever yeah. it is. And I feel like you as a person, Luke, are so creative that you're so dynamic. You're even being very subdued right now, probably because everybody's listening. But it's like for you to just be molded by society is not even possible. And that's what I don't ever want you to be, right? Is that what you're talking about? Well, yeah, no, I, I think it is, right? And I, I love the way that you talk about these things, partially because I think you walk that line um, really elegantly between like caring about, you know, advocacy and justice, right? For yes. the fact that this is a very real thing that is affecting a lot of people in a lot of different ways. And, you know, we want to be engaged as like a larger, like, you know, human family in making that better and easier for people. But then also at the same time, like on an individual level, pointing to this idea of like identifying the opportunity in the chaos, you know, cause there's opportunity in chaos. There's opportunity in order. There's opportunity in getting fired. There's opportunity in a lot of different things, right? It just looks a little bit different. Right. And, and it depends um, on if you're looking for it, if you're looking for opportunity, you're going to find it because it may yeah. be just an opportunity to love in a different way. It may be an opportunity mm-hmm. to make a lot of money on online, or it may just be an opportunity to give somebody a mask who doesn't have it, who's sick, whatever it is. There's opportunities everywhere. We just yeah. have to open our eyes and see it, right? Mm-hmm. And there's opportunities inside of me as a human being, inside of you as a human being, that when we're, let's say we're in our house, because we were talking about that um, on the other podcast, so I, I want to kind of segue a little bit, is that like when everybody's finally, they're, they're forced you know, to stay home and to be with people that busyness has um, kept them from. So a lot of people don't realize that once they don't have busyness as their guard, as a way, another form of denial, another way of not seeing people around them or not seeing themselves, when we're forced to not have that, you know, what can kick in is our survival skills because our bodies will go into that default mode to try and find a way to survive. So people may be acting out in ways at home in a more extreme way, right? So I'm, I'm trying to encourage people to stop and take a look inward and say, wait a minute, if, if the premise, like we talk about like, what is your mindset? Because mindset is everything. A growth yeah. mindset is that this is happening for me. I may not, I may not know how, but somehow it is because if I believe, if I have some, if I'm operating in a faith mindset instead of a fear mindset, fear tells me that this is happening to me and I'm in danger. Mm-hmm. Faith tells me that no matter what this is, 
I'm going to be okay. And I'll be damned. There is not any chance that I'm not getting something out of this bitch. Can I tell the story about, can I tell, can I tell the weird, crazy story about your road test or do you don't want me to do that? I really won't wow. if you don't want. Well, <laughs> the only reason I thought of it is because I said the word bitch. That was it. Yes. Okay. So here's, here's the thing with my road test and I, I'm just going to start the story so that I can control the frame of this discussion because this can very easily. Oh my God. I wish I had a sound effect for a crashing car. That would be so on. good. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, uh, we can we can make our own. Okay, okay good. So when, right. when it gets to that point in the story, we'll just make our own good. sound effect. Okay, good. You, you tell the story because um, I don't want you to yeah, get mad at me. Sure. I just, you know, I don't actually know. I, I'm trying to figure out. We don't have to tell it if you don't in. want. I'm sure there is one. Well, I don't know. If you're listening to this and you can find a lesson in this story, then by all means, let me know. Because No, but it's <laughs> we, we want to have a little fun also. Okay. Okay. We'll have a little bit of fun. I'm going to tell the short version of this one so we can get back to some other stuff. Okay. What happened was I was very, very excited when I was all 16 years old to take my road test, um, join the ranks of the driving and be a real adult or whatever. Um, so my mom drives me to my road test and we're sitting in the car together. I'm in the passenger seat. Um, she drove me there. Um, and I start joking around and I'm like sort of hyping the situation up. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what, you know what I'm going to do? You know what I'm going to do, mom? <laughs> I'm going to make this road my bitch. That's exactly. what I'm going to do. Yes. This road test, it's going to be did. my bitch. The road is my bitch. And yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what I was saying. Um, so long story short, um, I almost feel like this is better from your perspective. Um, my mom's waiting in the parking lot and I come back in her car with a huge dent. And I think like the rear windshield was cracked or something. Oh, wait and, a minute. Like, can I, can I come in or are you going to get mad at me for telling this story? You got to be honest with me before we I'm go. I'm not going to get mad at you for telling this story. Just, just finish it off. Okay. Listen. <laughs> so basically this story is, so now I'm in, this is a mom's perspective. Now this does segue. This does apply to what we were just talking about. Cause now if you think about it from a 16 year old's perspective, he's taking a road test. This is one of the most important things in his life. And he totally screws it up. Okay. So, but what ends up happening and he's has dreams about it, but what ends up happening in this situation is that Right now, we're having the conversation. I'm going to show how that situation was for him and it didn't happen to him. So that's how I'm segueing it. The only reason I thought of it is because I used the word bitch and I don't really want to curse on this thing. So anyhow, so um, we're, sitting in the, we're sitting in my truck and Luke is, you know, talking his smack about, yeah, I'm going to make this road my bitch, blah, blah, blah. You know, the road is my bitch. And basically what ends up happening is that he gets out there and, I'll, you know, I'm nervous. I'm a mom. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I hope he makes it. I hope he does well. I hope it doesn't hurt his self-esteem, blah, 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 blah. And he literally comes back and he, I, he's, when, he, when they drive back with the instructor, Basically, Luke is in the passenger seat. He wasn't even in the driver's seat. And he was white. And the person who was, you know, the administrator or whatever of the test comes out and Luke stays in the car. 
and I see the back of my car and there's still, there's some branches on the car and there's dents and the instructor's like, oh, listen, I, um, um, uh, you know, um, uh, listen, uh, I told him to stop. I kept saying, and it was beeping and I kept telling him to stop and he just didn't stop. And I'm like, he's like, listen, uh, you know, yeah, he had an, a- an accident and I'm like, what? And then, uh, all I cared about at that moment, I was getting back in the car with Luke and he's just sitting there white staring straight ahead. And I'm like, oh my God, this kid is going to go into like a major, like bad situation here. So I'm, I'm pissed off that my car is wrecked, but I care more about him. So, I, I think this may not have been clear, so I just want to chime in here and say for those of you that may not have may not what? have gathered from the branches, um, I hit a tree. Yeah, that's what happened. I backed up over the curb into a tree. Okay, continue. <laughs> During the road test that he was going to make his bitch. So basically, this is a circumstance that based. You know, you imagine his age, he's freaking out, right? So now I get in the car and I'm like, Luke, are you all right? And he's he's like, don't talk to me. So now, meanwhile, the kid crashes my car and he's pissed off at me. Like, what did I do? Okay, so I'm just going to put that on the side for a minute. So now what ends up happening is I say, Luke, listen, and I'm like, I'm digging in. I'm trying to find something good to give this kid that's going to make him feel bad. I said, Luke, the only thing I can tell you... <laughs> is that one day you're going to laugh about this. This is going to be part of your repertoire. This is going to be a story that you're going to be able to tell people and it's going to be part of your life. It's going to pass. You're going to get your license. But right now it feels horrible, but I promise you one day it's going to be a great story. Isn't that true, Luke? It is definitely true. So, <laughs> so well, wait a second. Thing, is it a story you like telling? There is what? like I remember. I remember us even like at that time while we were driving back. I mean, I started out somber, but by the end of the car ride home, like we were cracking up together. <laughs> <laughs> but it that's was, my point. It was, it was already funny very soon. Well, there's this thing that goes on, right? When like your world is so small when you're young, right? That mm-hmm. like. Sometimes the the small victories, right, like passing a road test, are amazing, and you you feel a, a strong sense of accomplishment from that. But then on the other sort of flip side of things, like small setbacks can really really mean a lot when you don't have a lot to draw on in terms of life experience. You know, like if you've only tried six things and you failed at two of them, then that's a pretty bad success rate. You know, you fail at two things when you've tried a thousand things, and that maybe is a little bit of a softer blow. Yeah. And you know what? I'll tell you something, Luke. It's such an excellent point that you're making because what you're describing is you're describing something that's labeled, you know, I'm doing quote unquote a failure. You know, I failed at my road test, but really in actuality, Mm -hmm. like, and this is what I want to get across. Like when people you're saying at 16 years old there, we don't have a lot to look back on a lot of information. So even like I could, I could, I could, um, connect this even to the coronavirus ideas that we're looking ahead at a lot of stuff. We don't have anything to look back on. This is what I talk about this in another podcast about fear. The fear is all future based. So now at that Mm -hmm. moment, you know, you crash your mother's car, you don't have your license, your dreams have crashed. Right. But what, what it, what it is, is, you know, you could just start projecting into the future, you know, like what if, or my whole life, you know, cause that's what we do. We paint a whole scenario. We write a story and yeah, basically it's like, the, it's like the Gucci billboard. 
I don't know what that you know, is. The, what does it you say? Know the Gucci billboard? No, okay. I don't. So there was this. There was this billboard that Gucci brand, yeah, the clothing company. Please sponsor us. Um, that in like I don't know, like ten, fifteen years ago, and it just said on it, "What are we going to do with all this future?" Oh wow! And that's the question, right? Oh, I love it. Yes. And, and in a situation like this, right? I totally get what you're saying, right? Like there's there's such limited information to draw on. You know, you can talk about like the H1N1 pandemic or whatever over the last three months. But for the most part, the future has no reference points in our daily lives. Like the future of how this situation will unfold is not something that we can draw on and and derive a sense of predictability and power and control and like mastery over our environment from. But can I, but listen, Luke, check this out though. But isn't that the illusion of control that we all have about everything? You know, Mm -hmm. we just, even if you like, let's say you have like this huge dream, something you want to do in your life, something you're like, oh, I'm going to do this. I mean, I I don't know what it would be, right? And then, so you say, you decide you're going to do it. I always tell people, stop wanting to do things, decide to do them. So let's say you make Mm -hmm. the decision, which is a power move. I have decided that I am going to um, stop blah, blah, blah. So, um, you know, to me, I want to stop child pornography everywhere and all over the earth. So that's, that's a huge tall order, seems impossible. So now I put that out there, right? I want to stop that. So now I've decided to stop it instead of wanting. So I decide this. Now what happens is the first thing we start to do is try to, the first five seconds after that is we start to figure out how am I going to do it? And then we go back into the the information we already have. And we don't have the Mm -hmm. information for that. And there's no way to, there's no way to create that. There's no way to get that information back there in our blueprint. So what we end up doing is then just giving up the dream. So it's the same idea with the, neg- the negative um, experience with the corona, is that here's this scenario I'm, pina- I'm painting, and now I'm going to figure out a way to resolve it, even in our own homes or whatever it is. And um, I hope this isn't too confused, and you can let me know if it is, because I know that I tend to talk all over and I need somebody to organize me. So basically what ends up happening is here is this this idea of the coronavirus and how it's going to impact me and the story I'm writing about it. Now I'm looking into my, 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 my past um, experiences and all of the limiting beliefs I have and the information that I have inside, and I'm going to apply that to a situation that's never happened. And yeah, now, well, of course, I'm going to perseverate on it because I have not, because I don't have any solution. It's the same thing in your scenario with the car. Let me just make this point. The scenario mm-hmm. with you getting your driving, um, getting your license, you had an idea about what you wanted. This situation came about where you had nothing in your repertoire to understand how to handle that, except for maybe some limiting beliefs you already had about believing somehow maybe you would fail at something or the fear of failure. Then what happens is, what you and I did in our conversation on the way home is we interrupted any limiting beliefs you could have had in that moment that you would have attached to the future of your driving experience. Is this a, is, does this make any sense to you or am I going to abstract? No, no, it makes perfect sense. And I think, I mean, I think it might, um, it might help if like I sort of shared what my experience of that looked like. Yes, um, go ahead, I'm, do it. You know, I, I have trouble with being a beginner. Um, I'm, I'm not good at being, um, 
just trying something out for the first time or, or being a novice, right? First yeah. starting out something and trying uh, trying to learn something, whether it's a new hobby, whether it's driving, right? Which was sort of the case for me in that situation, right? So if a lot of times, and this has been a pattern throughout my life that I've been able to identify and sort of try and fight against is that when I first start doing something, if I don't have some sort of immediate success, immediate validation, if I'm immediately met with obstacles or difficulties or, or maybe things not going exactly as I planned, um, my sort of programming or blueprint or whatever you want to call it sort of pushes me to like pull away from that, to, to sort of give up, right? And that's what was happening in that moment. I was sitting in the car with my mom. I was sort of subject to this fear of being a beginner at things, right? Or, or like desire to just like get it right on the first try. <laughs> and um, I guess what she was working with me on at that point was like trying to help me to, to try again or not even really to try again, but not to like internalize this one experience as like a rule for going forward. Right. Oh, I'll never drive. I'll never be able to pass a road test. I'll never this, the always and nevers they're, they're rough. Oh, um, yeah. So, I, yes. I think that's a lot of what was going on in that conversation. And in hindsight, I'm grateful to you for it because it didn't take me a couple tries. I mean, like, it didn't end there, right? Like, if I had if I had gotten back in that car, and reasonably so, my mother was mad or upset with me and then proceeded to, um, I don't know, like, name call or, or yell at me or something along those lines. Yeah, you like, are you kidding car, me, you, Luke? Look at what yeah. you did. You're always screwing up. Like, why did this happen? Blah, 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 blah. How many parents yeah. do that? Like, is that well, ridiculous? No, I mean, I'm, I'm sure tons, right? Yeah. But I, I think that part of the idea is that, that even that re- reaction from a parent is coming from a very, very reasonable emotional place, right? It's true. It makes sense, it makes sense that they would uh, be pissed off, right? I mean, like, come on. Like, in hindsight, maybe at 16, I didn't get it. But now looking back, like, come on. I crashed your car into a tree. Like, <laughs> that's, that's, that's like, really annoying. Right? Yes, like, annoying. Like no one's ever crashed my car into a tree. No one, no one does that, right? But like, but Luke, did we tell them you also crashed my car into another car in the snow? But that's another story. But anyhow, oh yeah, no, that's that's true too. (laughs) I did also do that. No, but the point is, like that interaction for me could have been very, very negative and limiting. It it wasn't because um, of the way that my mom handled it, and then I was able to. And I'm going to try and frame this as positively as I can. I was able to continue to take road test after road test <laughs> until I finally passed my road test on the fifth try, right? <laughs> but if, if that interaction went a different way or I had sort of come to see my circumstances differently, maybe, who knows? I might not have taken a second road test. I might not have taken a third road test or, you know, a fourth or a fifth. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what is so funny about this? It's not funny, actually. Which I love this story. I can't believe it because it just I just pulled it out of my back pocket. I didn't even realize I was even going to say this. But I'm so glad I did. It was just the stimulus of that word made me think of it. But what I want to yeah. say to you is that I think it is so cool because this applies to everything. I have so many clients, I just can't even count, that don't try things because they don't want 
to make that first mistake. I mean, if Mm -hmm. I think about even like, I mean, I don't even want to mention a name, but you and I both know this person that we dearly love that never, you know, our family is a sport, you know, has been a sports family. So basically one of our, one of our family members, which I won't expose, just never, never wanted, would go out on a field and just wouldn't try because they were so afraid of a mistake that they and they didn't want to ever look foolish. They uh, it's the same thing like with Luke. You know, I never want to. I never want to be a novice. And I have a lot of clients who feel that way. I don't want to try in front of people because I don't want to struggle through. Like it's like the same yeah. thing. Like it's so hard even just to start a podcast because you don't want a bunch of people to hear you do make all these mistakes. I love the idea of embracing being a human being and being wrong. I love I love the idea if we can capture that and and make it like something we accept as a way of learning about life and about saying like instead of we're all fighting against making mistakes. I'm going to say something that's just so it's so random but it relates exactly to what we're saying cuz I love Thomas Edison and I love this it's Thomas most Edison of you is a strange guy to love. Well, I'm going to tell you why I love him. I don't love him because of any other thing but this one statement that he said. This is just probably the only reason I love him. So I don't actually love him. I love this statement. So the statement that he said when he was asked how it felt to have made 10,000 failures in um, prior, having 10,000 failures prior to creating the light bulb. And he said, I didn't have 10,000 failures. I learned 10,000. 10,000 ways how not to make a light bulb. Yeah. I mean, is that profound? Oh my God, it is. Okay, can I, can I rant for a second? Rant, go, 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 rant. Okay, cool. We're ranting. All right, so this is something I think about a lot, right? Like, everything is constructive, right? Like, this, this, uh, we build up ourselves and our identity. We build up our behaviors and the things that we do and the things that we're good at. Right. And it's like, it's so easy to like, to criticize your past self. Right. Oh, yeah. And, and to criticize the person that you were as if you're not standing on their shoulders. Right. Like, exactly. So true. One of the, one of the sort of like abstractions or like analogies that I find myself like relying on a lot in my life is this idea of, of engaging in like really, really purposeful and effortful compassion for our past selves and gratitude and appreciation for who, who you were at those times and how those people, right, all you, got you to where you are, right? Oh, I freaking then, love that. Look at you, yeah. Luke. And then, and then thinking at some point, I will be one of those people for my future me, right? Like I am my future me's past self. I know that sounds ridiculous. No, it does not sound ridiculous. That is it. We got to write that down. I am, say that again. I am my future me's, I am my future me's. I am my future me's past self. So how do I be a good past self to my future me? How do I support the person that I will become? How do I, how do I show how do I do today what they will wish they did yesterday? Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. You know, and this is like, um, well, my, my whole um, uh, 
like creative world sort of like centers around like that idea and like my whole like world in my work really centers around that idea too it's like how do I show compassion to the people who have gone before me the you know the me right the me's that have gone before me yeah and how do I and gratitude to them Love and it. how do I and, and how do I enable and empower and and set up for success the me's that will come after that is so cool. I don't. I don't know. Can I add to your rant or no? Are you in you the middle? Absolutely you done? add to my. Rant. I want to just go. say my little. Now I feel like this is related. That I just did some video on something. I think it was Facebook or Instagram. But I was talking about how, like, if we could just grasp this one concept, and we could actually make it a part of our lives that we embrace the idea of being wrong, flawed, any of those things. Because mm-hmm. most of our society, most of human beings are, as soon as they get wind of or hear about how they've hurt someone or they've made a mistake or whatever it is, they become defensive. I've certainly been guilty of that. So basically, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, if we can actually make a shift, in our, it would require a shift in our mindset. So if our mindset began with, wow, you just told me I did or didn't do this thing or I hurt you in this way or I was wrong in this way, whatever it is. We're so hung up on right or wrong that we lose the meaning behind it. So now if you say to me, mom, you know, you're really wrong. You treated me this way, blah, 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 blah. And I just said, oh, I hear you. Yes. And I stopped instead of immediately putting up a shield and defending myself because somehow I've learned in my blueprint, somewhere I've learned that that's a very, very bad thing to admit that I'm wrong. That if I admit I'm wrong, that somehow I'm in some sort of danger, which is such bull malarkey, it's not true. So if I were to say, hey, you know what? Wow. Thank you, Luke. Thank you for pointing that out. That really, um, you know what? I'm going to really look at that because now I have an opportunity. You've just handed me an opportunity to be a better person. What better way, what better way can we be as family friends, as people who love one another than to be a person who embraces being wrong, quote unquote, I hate the word right or wrong. You know, the, I remember something you said to me, I've quoted this so many times in my sessions or whatever, and it really calls me out on some stuff, but I'm going to say it here. You said something to me. I will never forget. You were young, not super young. You already forgot it. (laughs) Hey Luke, let me tell you something. I've forgotten more than, you know, just remember that. Okay. So listen to this one. You said to me, um, I must've been yelling at you because you said to me, mom, listen, it's Okay. (laughs) <laughs> you're so funny. Wait, wait, wait. You're you were such a funny story, kid. I remembered the story that she's about to tell. Before you tell this story, yes. just keep in mind, I was like five, okay? Like, I'm not just a jerk, <laughs> but all right, just continue. Five-year-olds okay. are all jerks. Okay, so, listen, no, so okay. but I'm not sure if you're remembering the same story, but it's so stinking cute. It's And it's true. The thing about it is that it's profound. So if you were really five years old, then, wow, this is pretty crazy. But you were always way like you know, crazy beyond your years. But anyhow, so five years old and you say, mom, it's okay. I know that when you're yelling at me or you're yelling at us, whatever was happening, um, I know you're really yelling at yourself. I mean, you could have just knocked me over. Like I felt like, holy, this kid is right. 
You think about it when you're mad at someone else, when you're yelling at somebody else, when I'm, when a, a mom is yelling at a kid, they're, they're mad. They're mad at themselves. Their kids done something that bothers them because they, it really is a reflection about our own parenting. Mm-hmm. You know, and what, and what we want our kid to be. But anyhow, I'm getting yeah. way off track. But the point well, is, no, is I, that, don't, I don't think you are. Um, can I jump in? Or yeah, gonna, go ahead. Talk? Yeah, please yeah, do. No, I, I don't hear. think you are, because I think this idea that we're talking about, right? Like you're, you know, you're showing compassion to your, uh, to the, to your past me's, right? Showing uh, and, and setting up your future me's for success. Like that also, that idea kind of applies outside of this realm of just within one person, right? I mean, it's the same thing that we do. We can think about it in terms of legacy, right? And in terms of like the people that are in our lives, right? Like it's, you mentioned parenting, right? And I feel like, and you also mentioned that the, that there needs to be sort of like a mind shift, a mindset shift and like how people interact with each other. I mean, you know, I think that one of the most valuable things that I've experienced in my own life is this idea of like setting up the other people in my life for success and, and giving them good things. Right. And then also like looking back on like the people who have spoken into my life and who've had a, an influence over me, my parents, my my friends as with compassion, right? I think so, we should shout out to Mike Mazzotta wherever he is. Can we do that? That man is the bomb. Mazzotta. Yeah, He's Mike great. Mazzotta. Oh my God. Does he, has he not spoken into a million people's lives? I want to have him on he the podcast has. too. He's you an amazing human. Him. I'm going to. Just I, call him out of the blue like you did. With should you. I call him now? <laughs> Holy shit. I'm going to try and do that. Can I do that? What do you think of that? I mean, or you if, think that's weird? You, I, I don't know. I mean, it's your podcast. <laughs> am I am I interrupting what you're talking about right now? Oh my god, that no, would be I, crazy. I don't, I don't think so. But similarly to earlier, I've already forgotten what I was talking. <laughs> Let's see if this works. Oh my god! I hope he answers. Holy, is he going to answer? Oh my god! Oh, please answer. He's not going to. Let's see. Is it going to be this? Hello? Michael Mazzotta. Holy shiitake. Listen to me. Michael Mazzotta, listen to me. Before you say anything, Luke's on the other line. We're on a three-way call. You, me, and Luke. I'm going to cry. Wait till you hear this. What's going on? Mike Mazzotta, listen. Right now, you are on my podcast. <laughs> now listen to me. The reason that you're on my podcast, this is such a random thing. Luke and I are do- having this whole conversation about people, about people changing our lives, people speaking into our lives, about living our how our past self has um, impacted how it's ha- having compassion on our past self and how it has impacted our future self. I'm going to let Luke say because he said it so much better. Basically, I don't know what you were saying, but I was telling Mike, I was just telling him that, that what we were kind of talking about, but I said I was going to let you tell him because I wanted to just segue him in. Now, we, we need Mike to say something of meaning because he's the most profound human. Okay. Do you, do you want me to throw a pitch? You want me yeah, to throw a up? pitch to Mike. Let's see what he says. All right. Cool. Let's, let's go for it. All right, Mike. So here's, here's somewhat of like the topic that was going on. 
we were sort of dancing around a number of topics around like, you know, coping with like this whole uh, coronavirus situation, but also more generally talking about like sort of people's like natural inclinations and blueprints and, and they're basically like their programming for like how they operate in different situations and how this is like sort of playing out in a lot of people's lives as their circumstances change in light of this pandemic. Um, one of the things that came up while we were talking about this is this idea that like all of the, um, of, I guess like showing self-compassion, right. For like past selves, people who you were, right. And this idea of being like grateful for the people whose shoulders you're standing on, you know, I mean, they're all you, right. But the people that you've been before, and then also trying to like sort of pay it forward in turn to like the people that you will be, right? Mm. Does that make sense? In in regards to the self, not actual external people, you're saying seeing viewing yourself in past, present, and future. Yeah, yeah. So sort of like that. And I, I love that you you sort of went right to the like external thing because that's something that we were just talking about, right? Like sort of how that like sort of model of like compassion for the past and like, you know, like looking forward and paying forward towards the future, like really does apply well to other people as well. Right. So like, it kind of like works with like inside the self and also with other people. Luke was talking about how do I be a good past self? How do I do today? What I wish I did yesterday. And we were, we were talking, I, the initial thing is this, Cause like I'm on this mission to wake everybody up in the entire world. I like want to say everybody get up and take a look at what's really happening. Cause everybody's automated because we keep doing the same thing that we did yesterday. Thinking, thinking the same thoughts, creating the same feelings, the same choices, the same actions that create the same results. And that's all based in, you know, our mindset, the way that we perceive things and our limiting beliefs. So like the, the bottom line is I feel like so much of what we, the way we are reacting and our thinking is based in the blueprints, you know, the neurological yeah. network that, cre- that has created these limiting beliefs. So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I know we just probably called you in such a weird, odd time, but like we feel like you're such an insightful, profound person and you have – such a long history, and I'm definitely going to invite you on the podcast, a long history of triumphant change, of just becoming so much out of difficulty, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So what do you want to say anything about this, or do we just totally expose you? Because we can... No, co- no, I'm, I'm fine. I'm sucking air on this side, so it's like, might as well contribute. Um, <laughs> I think... I think for me, I mean, I could just put it in terms of myself as I've been navigating the, you know, the recent change, obviously, and what's happening in, around the world, but definitely here in the city um, with the virus and everything. And I think, you know, for me, you know, this, this thing fell on my moral fiber, like, like I'm sure it has on everybody else and everybody has a different way of dealing with that. And I, you know, I love that you're talking about the automated programming that we have um and you know in many ways this is just like another you know kind of traumatic event that we're all sustaining um just add it to the list you know um 
for me, I can tell you certainly a couple, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with some autoimmune issues. I've come to light that not only the celiac disease is something I have, but, um, I had a, a, a couple of recent flare-ups and they're saying when the whole thing passes, I should see a rheumatologist. Um, and so stress for me is actually, is actually manifesting. So it's, whether I want to reconcile or not, I'm experiencing stress. I have a telltale sign of it as it's, it's showing up in my body in various yeah. forms of inflammation and things like this. Yeah. And so uh, last Sunday, not 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 just this pe- not last night, but uh, over a week ago now, um, I had a real low point. And you know, I think all the news, all the different things that were going on, somehow, even though I felt like I was I was keeping myself at a safe distance, it seemed to have infiltrated. Um, and I had a really really hard night uh, that Sunday night. I woke up in the morning and my eyes. Both of my eyes were half, half, halfway swollen shut, um, and that was a real indication that, that the stress had had manifested. Um, and what I what I kind of experienced is this is the same thing all along. That's been been the saving grace um, for me personally is that there is this this person you know called Mike that has has a past and has automated you know as you as you put it, responses. And then there's this other Mike that has intentionality and um, purpose that is, I'm completely eligible to draw, to, to draw down upon it and, and to bring into my present reality. But it's, in so many ways, it's surrendering for me um, the corrupted, side of, of who I was, who I've been, who I still, if I, if I, you know, decide to be, I can be, or it's going outside of myself and drawing down the reality and intention of who I'm truly created to be. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds abstract, but it's no, very it much doesn't. For me it's- no, it's exactly <laughs> what I talk about. Can I say one quick yeah. thing and then you'll just keep going? Yeah. I just want to I just want to piggyback because it relates to everything that I talk about on this podcast, because basically what you're describing is because I talk to people, I talk all the time about that we're so prone to react instead of create that um, Mm -hmm. of the 60 to 70,000 thoughts that we have a day. Um, 91% of those thoughts are the same thoughts we thought yesterday because they're being generated from the neurological system in our blueprint that's stored in our body, and we don't even realize these are just electrical impulses. And that our body in times of stress, because we're having this collective experience of stress, that most bodies, human, human bodies, are returning back to their default mechanisms in order to survive. So like yeah. when we're hit with this kind of stressful situation, we, our bodies, everything in us, almost like because we become, become chemically addicted to the emotion we have spent most of our time in. So the idea, yeah, yeah. yes, right? So yeah. that emotion is going to be pulling at us. It's almost like a withdrawal. Like we have to get back to that old safe, seemingly quote unquote safe place of that old way of behaving in order to maintain right. our safety. But the creative, the part of a, when we can, can, when you're talking about intentionality, when we can create something, we can use the, we can create thoughts that produce feelings and we can create our 
present reality now as opposed to reacting to our past reality and our, our blueprint in order to feel safer, but we're never going to get the right solution that way. So I think uh, this is yeah. exactly what we were, we were talking about. And we're also talking about this idea of not being passive recipients of whatever lands in our lap during this time, but to take this situation and create meaning that, you know, cause, yeah. because every single situation is not the situation. It's the meaning we attach to it. Right. So now I have, so this is not happening to us. It's happening for us. That's the way, the way God is. Right. So what are we yeah. going to do? We were talking about Luke, you know, crashing into a tree on his first freaking road chest and how he said, I'm going to make this road, my bitch. And basically yeah. just, I'm like, just okay. Tell more people. Just yeah. More. Telling everybody. And how I yeah. said, Hey Luke, guess what? You just made the road, your bitch, but you know what? You, this is going to be the best story of your life. Cause you're going to use it. And you're, you're going you're gonna to grow from it. And he could have taken that and destroyed his life with it, right? So it's, yeah. it's the same idea. You have this thing happening inside of you and your body. And also when we, all the negative thoughts that we think misshape in ourselves, they distort ourselves to be more receptive to viruses, yeah. and, right? So now yeah. I totally over-talked over you because I could not stand no, that you fine. said it was abstract. Because no, it's not. It's very clear. Well, I, I'll just I'll just speak for myself because that's all I can do. But I'll I'll just try to say this as succinctly as I can, in a pedestrian way and in a non scientific way because you guys obviously have are coming from multiple point of views and I can't I can't speak to that. But I can talk in a pedestrian way. What I would say is when it comes to um, the component of faith for me, um, there is. You know, I'm I'm of the the belief that I, I was created. You know, I'm I I wasn't some you know profound and incredible mistake. You know, there was intentionality behind who I am uh, from the inception of who I was to be as a thought to the to the uh, manifestation of me existing. And there's a final authority um, from the creator to the created, which I am, of what I. I was supposed to be who I'm, I'm called to be, what I was created to be. And then there's an opposing force to that, one that's destructive, one that is in direct opposition. Um, you know, I am of the belief that there, there is an, an enemy of the creator that hates the work of, of uh, his creation and seeks to wage warfare against his creation by uh, defiling and destroying it. And so I, I'm just the exact proving ground of that thesis that we all are. And I think for me, uh, the years that I spent in desolation, the years that I spent in the old self, as, as you know, maybe some, uh, you know, Paul would at least call it writing the New Testament, but um, where I find myself is exactly where he found himself, exactly where we all find ourselves, where we know the thing that, that we're created to be. We've had glimpses of it, hints of it by the grace of God. And then we know the things that tried and true we certainly have been through destructive forces. And so I think during this time, what happened to me on Sunday um, was I, I, I slipped back into the characteristics of, of that uh, opposing kingdom, which is fear, destruction, um, you know, the, the breaking news segment at the breaking news seg segment, the, the, the hostility, the, uh, the country split, our bodies are split. Um, and 
what I was presented with, I had a conversation with my father of all people. And, uh, you know, Allison, you know me personally, you know, my dad and I have not had uh, any type of re real relationship throughout my lifetime. There's no hard feelings at this point. There's been total forgiveness. Um, but my father recently, right before this happened, invited me to go see his baptism. Um, wow. Which was completely bizarre that my father wound up going to a church around the block from his house and him and my stepmother um, joined there and started practicing faith and going to Bible studies and things like this. That blew me away. Um, and to make things even crazier is the guy that's pastoring that church was somebody to no knowledge of my father or that guy had helped me in my early 20s by repairing my car for free. Um, oh when he was a teacher and he retired and, and became the lead pastor of this church on the South shore of Nassau County. <laughs> and my dad's now in that church, which is just, just crazy, crazy. It's beyond coincidental. But anyways, I had a conversation with my father, um, that the Monday after that Sunday, and he said to me, you know, son, you're, you're responsible for leading people in your life, whether it's your wife or the artist you're working with. And you don't want the sheep to find you hiding under a rock. Mm. And what he didn't realize it, and of course, this, again, this is a pedestrian explanation, but what he was doing is he was actually calling out to the function of who I was created to be. And it shot right through me and it actually invigorated me. And, and I teared up and he, then he said to me, can you tell that wasn't me? And I go, yeah, Dad, I, I, I know when it's you. And he goes, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was the Holy Spirit. You know, so if he could use a, a, a dumb guy like me, you know, he, he's going to continue to use you. And, and what happens as I went down the elevator and, and said goodbye to my doorman that day, who was in a mask and wearing gloves and experiencing what I assessed to be an anxiety attack. Oh. I was able to stand there and smile and be poised and calm and speak encouragement to him. And he didn't know where that was emanating from, but he liked it. And he really, really thanked me. And there was a bond that was being formed there where I was able to be a conduit of peace, you know, to this guy who is, you know, just really going through it right now. Mm -hmm. um, and it encouraged me to call a couple of my artists that day and, and get back on, on the road. And, and so all I'm, all I'm trying to say is, for me, the way I've, I step into who I'm called to be versus going to the, that automated programming is I have to believe some things that are said about me that is a tall order, but are, I'm eligible to step into, you know, I am called to be an ambassador of the exact elemental forces that are opposite of what's operating in the enemy and in the world. I'm called to bring peace where there's chaos. I'm called to bring love where there's hate. I'm called to bring sobriety where there's a lack of it. All of these different things, mercy where there is none. And, and that doesn't emanate from within me. It's non-native until I draw down upon it and then it becomes within me. And so, you know, this, this concept of me being an ambassador of, of the, the kingdom of peace, this concept of me actually being a priest among the people that don't know the goodness of that kingdom and whether they ask me to be their priest or not, I'm eligible to step into that role and perform the function, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I, I guess all I would say is the way that I'm, I'm kind of, battling through it right now is by believing the intentionality behind who I'm created to be and stepping into it by faith, not by proof, not by um, seeing it. I'm, I'm leaning on a different understanding that's different than my own. And as I lean into that, 
and draw down from it, it becomes reality. It becomes mine. And, then, and I vacillate. It's not, it's not a one-and-done thing. I, it's, it's a daily battle. It's literally, you know, I just prayed it this morning. It's, God, let your kingdom come and your will be done here on this crazy, broken, infected, virus-outraged world as it is in heaven. It's this opposing kingdom, which it, it really comes down to warfare. And it happens on the macro level of spiritual and the entire human, human race. And it happens on you know, the, the micro level within my personhood and my own self. That's what I'm experiencing. You know what? I yeah. am so, I'm so, I, it's obviously not a, a coincidence that we called you. I mean, do you see that? Isn't mm-hmm. it kind of weird that we called you? <laughs> you know, and I feel like you, you, um, you just said that in such a eloquent way. And I, b- I believe everything that you're saying. We, we were talking about, I don't even know if it was in the previous podcast or if Luke and I were just talking about, but it's this idea that um, we, people are being um, kind of in a position where they have to choose between experiencing a mindset of faith or of fear. You know, it's like, yeah. and we're vacillating yeah. back and forth. And when you're describing like on a macro level, or even if it's hap- if it's happening, I was describing how we have this kind of internal, um, that we're, we're being put back into our families or in, into this situation where I feel like God has taken the cloak or the covering off of everything that we can see um, by having to stop and the busyness isn't distracting anymore. We're having to really see... Yeah what's really going on inside our homes, inside our hearts, you know, in our communities, the way, the way we show up, you know, and I feel like it's such a great pause, even though it's such a tragic time. It's also like, what are we going to, what are we going to do with this time? Like, I feel like this isn't, we were discussing how this, like you can see this as an opportunity to hide and feel like crap, or it's an opportunity. Oh, wow. Like you, you saw the opportunity to love and encourage mm-hmm. somebody like opportunities everywhere, you know, yeah. and just cause we're home, it's not, not like right now I'm in this, like I am totally socially isolated, but I'm, I'm reaching out. I'm making these phone calls. I probably never would have called you, Mike, mm-hmm. you know? So can you, yeah, can I, yeah go ahead, Mike. Say I, whatever. Yes. Whoever wants to say, oh, or is that this, Luke? Oh, this is, this is, this is Luke. I Luke, guess, talk. Um, something, okay. Can I talk about the Lion King for a second? Yes, do it. <laughs> talk about the no, Lion I'm, King. I'm, I'm really 100% serious. I want to talk about the Lion King. Because, yes. Because something, something happened. That something clicked in my head, like when you, were, when you were speaking, which is that you had like a Mufasa moment. Like, remember who you are. Mm-hmm. You know? Totally. With, with your father. Which, oh, my which God. Which is kind of amazing. And I was thinking about like, the situation that's going on and like a lot of what you're uh, describing mom about like choosing fear or choosing faith. Like there's a lot of stuff in our environment on any given day and maybe possibly, especially now that threaten us, right? There are things, there are things that threaten us that make us feel this, this sense of perceived threat, whether that's stress, right? Which is literally our body saying to us, you are in danger, right? Um, which manifested physically for you, Mike. And, um, these things like they affect us and they manifest in our lives. Like when we perceive this stress and like how we treat that is very, very, very important. Right. Especially when it comes to like our identity and who that makes us as a person. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like you're talking about like calling on or, or like really bringing, bringing into yourself this like sort of higher identity or like this, this, um, 
this this self you talked about like you know the old mic the new mic right and like having those like sort of remember who you are moments can be like really amazing for that but like i feel like what a lot of people don't remember about that scene i'm, I'm still talking about the lion king keep yeah. that in mind yeah um <laughs> tell us is that the circumstances that simba was in before that right he was out in the wilderness he had run away from his literal birthright from his literal family from his literal tribe yeah. right and was living life sort of no worries right he had chosen to respond to a threatening circumstance by running away right mm-hmm. and what remember who you are in that scene for Simba, the lion, right? We're talking about a lion here, but it's so real and so human because it's also Hamlet, but that's another story. Um, (laughs) um, (laughs) Is that remember who you are and come home, right? Yeah. Remember your identity and the person that you have to be and the person that you're supposed to be, the person you were created to be, and then come home and do the things that you were meant to do, right? Totally. If, Simba, if Simba sat there and listened to the remember who you are, right? And he was like, okay, cool, great, I remember. And he didn't go home, that's useless. It's that's remember true. who you are and go home and do the things you need to do. You that's know, the go, message. And home, stay I mean, home. home. I mean your space, your territory, you know, yeah. the area that you operate in. I feel like totally. there's so yeah. much prophetic stuff happening. Like, you know, everybody go home. Yeah. Go home. Yeah. Go and home and remember go home. Who you are. Remember who you are. Who are you? And it's the, an opportunity to see that. You know. Yeah. And I think a lot of, a lot of the tragedy is out there. I just cut you off. Yeah. It's okay. Go ahead. What, what were you saying? No, I want you to talk. Go ahead. A lot oh, of the tragedy. I, I, think a lot of the, I think a lot of the tragedy that people are facing it's so much that that's sewn into the fabric of society that certainly functions uh, with elemental forces that are that are not from the kingdom of light. So much of society operates; it, it, their operations predicated on those forces that keep them from knowing who they truly are. You know, if whether you're a successful business person, and that's become you know your supplemental identity. And, you know, you've done everything in your power to, you know, run away from your roots, from your home, forgetting people, uh, how many times you walked past the homeless without a second thought, how many times, you know, you believed in whatever contrived identity that, that you've been functioning out of. It's th- this whole entire thing has, caught, has been a cease and desist for so many that as their home, they're, they're having to face the, the silence. They're having to face you know, they're out of the hustle and the bustle. They're not on the subways. They're not going into the successful business offices. They're not, you know, they're, a lot of their daily function has stopped and they're, and they're left with themselves. And, you know, that is a very uncomfortable thing for people. And so a lot of the vices that keep people from having to see themselves, um, they're, they're being taken away. And in a lot of ways, that, that's grace and that's mercy because it's better to see it now then when it's too late yep. and you're standing before the light and you get a glimpse of what you were supposed to be yep. and what you staved off all those years and the great tragedies, now you can't step into it. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, there's, there's a reckoning happening right now. And it's, it's, it's not, it's, and it, I got news for you. It's not, it's not only for the people uh, 
that maybe don't have faith. It's, it's for the people that have, that think they have faith as well. How many churches right now are realizing that their liturgies have been stripped away? The, the, the singing and worshiping doesn't translate over video. You know, the, the pastor speaking to the congregation is, is gone and it's kind of awkward as they're talking to a camera by itself. There, there is no socialization happening. Um, and, you know, it, it's like good luck having a denomination right now that's separated by liturgical practices because they've been stripped away. And I think this is when also there's an opportunity for the church here to realize that the greatest time of expansion of, of the Christian community was during the plagues. It was in those early, early centuries when everybody was running for their life, except for the people that came out of the persecuted church. They, they, there was no mega building for them to attend. There was no, you know, new playground to, to give their money to and build. There was nothing like that. There was only one thing. It was love. It was love your neighbor as yourself if they're dying from a disease and in faith you step out and you serve and you're not worried about your personal welfare because you have something else that you're believing. And I, I think that there's an opportunity here for people that have faith and people that don't have any to discover something about who they are. At least they literally kind of just waste away um, because you can't run away right now. You're, you're home. You're done. You know. Like, sure, I'm, I'm sure there's, you know, alcohol sells up like never before, you know, people, whether it's your toilet paper collection or whatever it is, but you're not getting away from yourself mm -hmm. in the end of the day. You're still going to wake up with a headache, still going to have to look in the mirror, and you're still, for the most part, alone. I mean, that's ultimately it, isn't it? Yeah, or you're not. <laughs> yeah, you know, and <laughs> I... Go ahead, Luke, what were you saying? No, I was just saying that there's this, there's this lovely opportunity there, right? Like, you know, I always say, I say this so often, but thank God no one's ever recorded me saying it until now, so this can be the first time. You know what the literal definition of a crisis is? It's just a decision. It's a fork in the road. It's a place where you can go one way or you can go another way. Exactly. Yes, That's 100%. Crisis, right? Yep. So in that sense, we are in a crisis, possibly a personal identity crisis a lot of us are facing right now. And with a crisis comes a decision. Right. So like, I think that's part of the opportunity. Right. There's 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 a decision, like you said, Mike, to still retreat. Right. You can hoard toilet paper and drink. Right. You can do that. Like. But you're still going to have to face yourself at some point. You know, we're, we're locked up alone with ourselves. That's really what's going on. Um, and, and that's 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 the crucible where 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 faith initiates in so many in so many places. You know, you can you can you cannot believe in God all you want, but when you're on the plane that's going down, uh, it, you'd be hard-pressed to find even the most, you know, uh, staunch atheist doesn't say, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and th th there's a certain point here where I think we can't see it. We don't know how, how, how much this is occurring, but I think a lot of people are reaching a point, as whether they're losing their jobs right now and the unemployment rate's going up, the stocks are tanking, whatever it is that's happening, where a lot of people are saying, and, and maybe even they're not aware of how powerful it is, but they're saying, oh, God. And, mm -hmm. and he responds to that. He does. And there's a transmission that can happen in that place where he shows up and he says, yes. And there's a, di there's a dialogue that opens. But you can't pull yourself up by your bootstraps on this. You could try to be positive. 
But if the, if the positivity is emanating from, from a self-will effort and you're thinking that it's going to be generated from within you and it's going to then become manifest, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't often work out. It has to be received and it has to be received in a place of knowing that your resources have met, uh, you know, an, an impasse. Like you said, a decision, Luke, a fork in the mm-hmm. road. You're, you're, you don't know what else to do. And now you start to step into the place of having an opportunity. Either you're going to draw down from a place of faith or you're going to, you're going to just remain empty. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's the real opportunity that's being presented right now. It, you know what? And I think that, um, you know, it's funny because we're sitting here having a conversation and I'm forgetting we're on the podcast. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so basically what it's just it's a great conversation but what what um what we were what we're talking about is like these this being able to see in these very very you know I don't want to say very very dark times but there's a lot of there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of um darkness that I think has always been there but it's now it's being like really, really revealed, like people are questioning everything, you know, they're questioning and it. And when it, when something crosses, goes across the entire earth, it create, it can create this sense of, you know, um, which is, which I think is needed, like this sense of the meaning of life, you know, this whole, like this more like existential, like what the heck is going on? And it, it makes people question, you know, what they believe in. Do I believe in God? Do I, you know, how come I haven't even paid attention to God or whatever. But in terms of whoever's listening, I want you to know that, you know, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm speaking, you guys all know, my listeners know that I'm a person of faith. Like I believe in God. That's, that's where I live my life. And I want, I want to begin to help people to shift toward um, a mindset, a mindset of light, of love, of growth, of being able to see things not through a dark lens, but being able to see things through a perspective that is it possible that the way I've been perceiving things throughout my entire life, is it possible that my perception is just an automated perception that was developed from the time I was a young child and then I've brought this perception into the rest of my life. So I'm going to do a little geeky thing. Yeah. It's going to take me under two minutes. And basically I, cause I want to just say this cause we're going to have to kind of bring some, this kind of to a close. So what I want to say yeah. is this, is that I, I have said this before on this podcast, but what, what it makes me think of is this idea that I'm, so I'm going to, I'm going to marry together in this moment, science, scientific law and spiritual law. So the idea is this, is that scientifically, our body, from the time we were born, we are born with 100 billion neurons. We have um, 25, and now Luke is going to kill me because he's probably going to correct me. Bottom line is, is that when we're born, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of bring it in. We're born with a whole bunch of billions of neurons and a whole bunch of synaptic connections. What ends up happening is by the time we're seven years old, right, we have a quadrillion synaptic connections, which is a thousand trillion connections, give or take a trillion, Luke. So basically what ends up happening is 
all of those connections that are in our network are coming from the data that we collected throughout those seven years, and they're coming from the meaning that we attach to the data. Now what I'm going to draw into that is the idea of the scripture, so this is a spiritual thing, is that do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So now, do not be conformed. So that seven years that was spent and the network that was created is from the world that we were born into, which is our family, right? Whoever we were, whoever we're around to varying degrees, we're all conformed to this world and conformed to a way of thinking. The problem with that point, seven years old, what ends up happening, we have a part of our brain, the reticular activating system that filters out all data that comes in that is not in support of, that does not match or is not like the data that's already there. So what happens is, is that it continues to create more and more network, more and more system. It's strengthening kind of like a stronghold, all of the information that's already been there. So what ends up happening is we start bringing this stuff into our life as we keep moving on, collecting more data, going into situations and only being able to see in those situations the, the information that matches the blueprint that's already there, continuing to collect faulty information. What ends up then, what happens, here we are, we're grown, right? That's why I was talking about these limiting beliefs. Now we have these limiting beliefs that were built on this kind of um, neurological system, which spews out thought that's just in a loop, that spews out feeling, which is chemical, which then creates choice, action, and results. So if we can, then this is what I'm trying to encourage everybody to do, is to stop in the moment when you have a strong experience, right? What we tend to do is we look outward. We look at the outward experience instead of looking at the renewing of our mind, which is faith-based, renewing of our mind, which is also related to the science which God created, right? To look at that science and say, wait a minute, I'm just having these electrical impulses, which are thoughts, how about I create a new thought about this circumstance? So, Mike, you had this experience with your dad. You had, um, you were in a dark place because probably you were in old thinking, like you were saying. You had that, so you went into that um, that operating system and you took out what was available. Now your dad interrupts. Holy Spirit interrupts. He tells you something. Now you take that and you create something new with the doorman, right? So Mm -hmm. basically, it's like, do not be conformed. So it's like, I feel like we're saying, wake up world, wake up each individual and look at what is happening. We can look at what's happening on a macro level, but that may keep us from looking at what's happening inside and what is really, let's be transformed by the renewing of our mind by, and the first step always is awareness, that's where light is. Nothing happens and, you know, nothing changes until it becomes what it is, right? So now mm. being aware of ourselves, wake up, freaking world, wake up because this is, how are we ever, how are we ever going to, we can't even see God. We can't even see faith. We can't even see anything good if we don't know what's blocking us from seeing that because our limiting mm. beliefs are true to us. So I say to my clients, oh, I was, I believe, 
you know, oh, I don't feel like I'm good enough. You know, I'm, I'm not as good as everybody else. Well, I say to them, is that actually true? When we find the limiting belief that's creating all of this mayhem. Well, is that actually true? Well, well, it feels true. Okay, but is it actually true? Then we go back. So if we were going to go back to a system in your childhood and we were going to say, okay, at that moment, when did that originally happen that you developed that belief system? Let's go back to that child. Let's take a look. Let's create a new belief. I'm totally trailing off. I'm becoming the therapist. So basically <laughs> what I'm trying to say, to, what I'm trying to kind of hone this all in and, and summarize it. If Luke, since you've been on the call since kind of the beginning, I started this thing and then I just randomly called Luke. Then I randomly called Mike. My podcast is like way over. It's like three podcasts right now. So basically, <laughs> I don't know what the hell I did. I need somebody to organize me. So Luke, are you able, do you think you could summarize what this whole podcast was since you were kind of there through the whole thing or no? And then we got to end. Yeah. yeah, I could at the very least give it a try. Um, <laughs> there's, a unique um, and largely unprecedented stressor going on in our environments right now. And it's changing the way our relationships operate, both at home with others and how we see the world at large in terms of how safe and how predictable it is, as well as our relationships with ourselves. We've sort of been forced to have a little bit of a mirror up to ourselves in this time period. Okay, can um, I interrupt you? And we're trying to, but I got like one. Oh, go ahead, do it. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I said, I asked you to do something, then I interrupted. Sorry. It's like no, no, mother, it's son. No, totally fine. Um, and um, we, you know, as my mom was saying, it's like we can choose to see this as an opportunity to, like lean into a self-examination and lean into like operating out of, out of an identity, which from like a faith perspective, as Mike was talking about, um, could be something that really can be like downloaded and um, what's the word and, and access. And we have access to that ability to access a, um, a, a sort of like higher identity that we can operate out of. Um, and for a lot of people that comes as like sort of looking for your like Mufasa moment where it's like, remember who you are and, and, and come home and do the things that you do in the space that you operate in. Um, so I think that largely this podcast was about like sort of coming back into that, your identity and, and who you are in this time and taking the time to do that. You know what I think? I think so much of this, it's, we talked about so many different things, but I think it boils down to one thing. Um, mm -hmm. I think, and I think it's truth. Like, what is the truth? Like, what is really true? And so it's, um, I think that knowing yourself, knowing God, um, knowing um, instead of running from being wrong, running from your past self, running from um, um, what other people think, running, f running with busyness that we're being... I mean, I can't help but think through a lens of God, but I don't ever want anybody listening to be turned away because of that. Because I want you to, you know, explore your, what you believe and, you know, even in this time to be able to stop and ask yourself, you know, hey, do you, you know, what do I believe? You know, or who am I really and what was I really made for? 
you know, we went over the whole thing about a blueprint that we go, you know, I asked you to look at physically, emotionally, spiritually, uh, relationally, uh, socially, financially, all these different areas of your life. And really to look at what, what is your reality? What are the true results in your life? You know, what, when we look in the spiritual end, like, what was I made for? Like, what's, what's my purpose? What's the reason I'm here? And always what I'm always going to talk about is that, you know, err on the side of adding value everywhere you go, giving love, giving kindness, right? And giving understanding. But now, Mike, I just want to say, I want to thank you so much that you just like in this kind of weird, random way, you just got on this call and just talked to us. It was just so nice of you. And also, like, I, I just want to say something about Mike. Like, Mike is one of the most amazing people I think I know because of his unbelievable intelligence and his, um, his uh, Mike is also a pastor, which you guys may, may not know, but Mike is also, like, probably the coolest person on earth. And um, he's a musician, and he um, has a music studio, and he has artists that he works with, and his... I. And I hope I'm saying this correctly, but I, Mike's main, um, I think, purpose on earth is to um, bring as many people into the light and the truth of God as he can, right? I mean, would that be accurate? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, basically, Mike, do you want to say anything before we go? Yeah, I, would just, I just want to, like, I, I think it's so amazing what you're doing, Alex, and the fact that you have listeners that um, are are both on both sides of maybe ha- having faith or not having faith, and I think that's just a, such a tremendous platform and opportunity to, to invite people into love. Um, and so I would just, I would just share, I just want to share just one thing that is at the very basis of how I, I function and, and attempt to change. Um, there's there's a psalm, and in it, the writer is is praying to God and on on and demonstrating for all of us what with an inside look into that language. And he he says something that I that I've said, and I think it is is a way to navigate through this thing that's going on right now. It's very short. He says, "Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways." According to your love, remember me. For you, Lord, are good. And, you know, there was a lot of talk about remembering. And mm-hmm. the really cool thing in this is if you could find, the, if everybody could find a way to, to take a risk and pray that, is that, you know, the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways, I know they're, they're during that time of formation that you described so well. But then there's this, this, this request on behalf of the psalmist that's praying. He says, Instead of remembering me according to those things which I know I've been, I've done, and, and I've returned to time and time again, remember them according to your love, which is from old, for you are good. And I just, I just want, would say to encourage everybody that there is a remembrance in the mind of God of who we were created to be, and he has not forgotten it, though we may have lost it. Hmm. And all we simply have to do is say, share those memories, God of why you enjoyed the thought of me so much that you did something about it and made me. Help me download the true self that you created me to be, which you clearly remember, which is truly good because you are good. And it is from old. It is actually older 
than any of the formation that I went through physically here on the earth that corrupted me. And I would just say that just for people to just pray, God, share with me who I'm, who I really have been supposed to be all these years. Um, that's it. And also share with me who you are. Reveal yourself to me. Because I feel like, you know what? I mean, every time, I feel like every time, for me, every time I have any interaction with God, he identifies me. Just by being, just by, by interacting with him, I know myself more. Yep. Isn't it amazing? So like, yeah, just yeah, God, who am I? Who did you make me to be? What is my purpose? And who are you? That's it. That's pretty simple. Yeah. So, um, Luke, do you want to say anything? I never know how to end these things. I should just play music. <laughs> the ending, um, the ending is never the never the fun part. Well, for me, this has really felt like a like a wonderful conversation around friends, um, which I think is which I think is amazing. And I think that uh, one thing that we talked about also that I would sort of add to um, what what Mike and you said is that there's there's part of like one of the things that operates for a lot of people out of that like fear of failure or fear of like a threat or whatever it may be is this desire to make things just a little bit less serious you know we we don't we don't want to go deep we want to we want to sort of retreat a little bit and you know mike just sort of talked about asking us all to do something that's that's pretty deep it's pretty heavy it's pretty serious but it's Um, simple that's what's cool about it yeah, and it is simple. And what, what I would what I would encourage folks to do during this time is to lean into meaning and to lean into to serious consideration and and thought and and prayer if that's your thing about who you are and, and what your role is in this world. And I I think that that's about as good of a use for this time as anything else. And I, I get it. I understand the pressure to be like, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe you need things to be a little bit more lighthearted right now. You know, ice cream in a movie. Sure. I get that. But also lean in to the meaning, you know? Luke. That's good. Thank you so much. So listen, guys, I just want to um, thank you. And I want to tell everybody out there, this is Allison Answers, and I want to tell you that um, whatever you heard here, I pray that um, if it meant something to you, if it hit anywhere in your heart, and, and you know anybody out there who's alone, anybody who needs to be encouraged, anybody who needs a leg up, anybody, if there's something on this podcast that would have meaning to them, I just ask that you share it. And remember, I'm not looking for a million followers. I'm looking for that one person today in a dark basement who might be cutting, who might not have a person or a family member to go to, somebody who might have a need, a way of being encouraged that we have shared today. I ask that you share it with them. I also um, ask that if you guys have a question or something that you're struggling with, that you would um, follow me on Instagram, Allison Answers or Logger Counseling Services, and that you would send me that question. And I will do my very best to answer it on this podcast. I hope you guys have an absolutely unbelievably beautiful day. And um, I will see you the next time.